Welcome to the Founder to Mentor podcast. My name is Mike Fada. I'm an entrepreneur with multiple nine-figure exits and a passion for health and mentorship. Join me on a journey where I connect with world-class founder mentors to inspire your personal and professional growth. Let's jump into it. Uh, my name is Mike Fada. I have Kara Golden here from Hint. And, uh, and if some people have uh, questions, and, and yeah. invite them up uh, to ask the question. So if you do, uh, if you do have a question for for Kara or I, uh, put your hand up and, and come up to stage, introduce yourself, and uh, and ask your question. Hey Tim, how's it going? Hey Mike, doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me and putting this on. Um, hey Kara, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Um, so yeah, I'm the founder of Broya. We make uh, organic bone broth here in Canada. And um, uh, over the last year or so, I've focused a lot more on direct consumer and have seen some uh, pretty solid success there. Uh, so right now, I'm really just dumping money into ads and um, uh, and really just trying to scale customer acquisition there. Um, given your your experience with the direct consumer side. And, um, and I know you, you also had Nick Sharma come on board, who is really the, the DTC legend. And, and I'd also love to kind of just ask you, like, what, you know, what was your strategy with direct consumer from the beginning? Like, when did Nick Sharma come on board? Um, like what kind of role did he play in the business? And also, you know, what were maybe your first few hires uh, in that space? Yeah, so um, we had started direct-to-consumer prior to Nick coming on, um, and I think that, you know, I think that the, the, the one thing that I think really happened when, you know, during the time, and it wasn't just Nick, but there were a few people, was the, this idea that, you know, it's, it's great to bring on um, – you know, new customers, but it's also, there's other ways to do it besides advertising and, and paying Google and Facebook for it. And so actually the, the introduction that I'm still very friend, friendly with them and think that they've done an amazing job. They just recently sold, but they, um, we ended up working with the hustle and told a, did a dedicated, um, a dedicated email on really sharing the story around hint and that just blew up online. And so we turned that into a dedicated post and, you know, it was really one of the stories that I've had in, in, um, my journey around, uh, meeting with a Coca-Cola executive. And, and, uh, anyway, I think that that, what it was during that time where I really realized that it doesn't just have to be, you know, a banner ad, right? That we weren't going to just acquire customers based on here's your, you know, flavor of hint and here's a price, but also that the consumer really wants to buy through somebody that they relate to. And so being able to actually storytell is, um, is something that we had always kind of done it through PR, but for some reason, you know, sometimes when you, when you go into, whether it's a new, you know, platform or just a new way of doing business, you kind of think, okay, this, 
we can't story tell through this because nobody else is really storytelling and actually selling off of those stories. And so it was during that time where we really kind of figured that out. But yeah, so. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm familiar with the hustle. I, I love them. I actually su- subscribe to the, the trends newsletter. Um, They're awesome. Yeah. And I guess like it's, it's interesting to hear this because, you know, as I'm looking to grow, I feel pretty like siloed and in terms of just like focused on, um, you know, really the way to acquire and retain customers is, you know, Facebook ads to acquire, email to retain. So it's just kind of this like loop right now that's like Facebook, like Facebook ad, email, Facebook ad, email, and then kind of build that uh, customer base. But, you know, I know there's so many other ways to do it. Like, you know, you mentioned your partnership with The Hustle and all that. So um, are, are there any kind of recommendations you might have for like looking outside the box and not just looking to pay Facebook uh, all the money and all that? There's a lot of them. I mean, I, I think, you know, we still pay Facebook a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, and so we pay Google a lot of money too. So I don't think that as you grow your business, I don't think that cutting off a an acquisition strategy is, is um, probably smart. And, you know, clearly if you're a year into this, I think you, you need to very much continue. But I think that the key thing is, is actually recognizing, you know, what your churn is and are you keeping those customers and are you speaking to the customers? Are you segmenting the audiences in the right way? Are you, um, are you treating, you know, the loyal customers that have been with you for a while, uh, you know, differently than, than maybe the new customers that are coming in. And, and I think just also just trying to find other ways to get people to know that you're, that you're out there. I mean, we talked about social, I think a lot of people are even in direct to consumer, but then they, they just don't think social is for them. And I think that social can actually be a tool to get to consumers and, and let them know that, you know, what you're doing at what you're doing at your company and what your beliefs are and about your journey. And, you know, so I think I've done a lot of that through social and we've been able to track a lot of that stuff. And, you know, clearly when my book came out last year, I mean, we saw a huge bump in um, sales when, I mean, I've been on over 300 and, 70 podcasts since um, September. So, I mean, it's insane. And so that has been many of those places. People have been, you know, talking about my backstory and talking about Hint. And we shoot them a case before the podcast. And then they're generally on the podcast talking about Hint and want to know my favorite flavor. And then people are buying off of those. So that that's not costing us any money to do that. Yet it's, uh, it's, you know, definitely building sales. Cool. Uh, thanks a lot. I'll definitely be taking notes on your Twitter and your LinkedIn for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Hey, Stacy, how are you? Hi, Mike. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. And I was, I have to say, I've been a Hint fan since probably it launched um, for a very long time. I was so excited to see it in existence and I've been a fan ever since. And uh, I, it's, I mean, it's just kind of changes everything in drinking water. So thank you so much for um, launching this product. And, and I'm so glad to see your success after all these years. So 
Um, anyway, my question is, I'm wondering, and I, I, I apologize if you've already covered this. I came in a little bit late, but I'm wondering if you have plans to move outside of the plastic bottle into other delivery systems. Um, I'm asking this because I work in San Francisco and my office used to carry Hint and then stopped when we moved to a, like a dispenser type of machine that had a similar product. So anyway, just wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, well, we uh, no one had asked that on this call. So uh, so I'll I'll back up. So first of all, as I as I'm frequently asked about the whole plastic conversation, um, you know, what I remind people is that we're a beverage company and we are not a packaging company. So we've made a decision to uh, produce our product in plastic, PET plastic, which is 100% recyclable in facilities that actually recycle, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, But We've uh, we don't produce in cans for a number of different reasons, um, and we don't produce in glass as well. You can go to hintgreen.com. We've talked a lot about that on the website that we've created to sort of talk about kind of our research and our um, thinking behind that. Um, and uh, I had actually worked for the Obama administration. I was part of uh, NACI, which was an entrepreneurs. Uh, group. There were 30 of us that were tasked with different projects. And the project that I was um, started to work on, and then it actually got uh, ended with the Obama administration, um, was around recycling and actually trying to encourage recycling centers throughout the U.S. to turn plastic, instead of shipping it to China, turn it into um, products like T-shirts and decks and fences and all the things that plastic can become. Unfortunately, um, there are uh, there are not restrictions in place um, currently for um, for f- recycling facilities to um, just not recycle, and it's crazy. And so, I learned a lot about recycling. I think, unfortunately, the um, this, this plastic is bad concept is what I always share with people is don't be so fast to come up with those conclusions because there are sound bites um, that we hear. When you look at what the other options are, um, including cans, which, as I said earlier in the call, um, we ship most cans from Asia um, that were, um, were there are the existing cans um, that are in the market um, have supposedly non-BPA liners in them, um, but that's not exactly clear exactly, you know, whether or not that's totally true. Um, and then glass actually takes a lot more energy to produce. And um, so there's a lot of kind of holes in the theory. I think that going back to, um, if we actually recycled plastic at a higher rate throughout the country, um, we use PET plastic, which is a whole other piece of this that is um, kind of challenging for the industry because a lot of, you know, adding bamboo, for example, to plastic um, screws up the recycling systems versus using pure um, pure plastic to actually create other products from it. 
So, um, so I'm kind of shortening some, some pieces of it, but it's, it's, uh, in, in a nutshell, um, the packaging side of the business, we uh, will continue to produce our product in plastic. We are looking at ways to do dispensing systems because we don't use preservatives in our product. Um, the, the existing products that are out there that uh, have dispensing systems all have a lot of crap in them. And um, they, they can call themselves natural, but they're using preservatives and lots of other things in their systems in order to have it be a system that, um, that can be in those type of uh, formats. So we've looked at it and we're continuing to look at it. Um, so uh, we will hopefully um, do something in addition. We did come out with a one liter bottle this year. Um, that's not to say that we're stopping there. Um, but definitely it's, it's, uh, something that we're looking closer at. Thank you. I had a feeling much thought went into why you're, why you're in plastic. So thank, I appreciate the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Stacey. Lauren, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. Good, good. Uh, thanks for another great chat. Always love tuning in and a lot of pressure leaving me to the last question. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a good one. Better, I have so better, many swirling in my head. I'm like, I better pick the best one. Better be a good one. <laughs> um, well, the question that's most pressing on my mind, I don't know if it's the sexiest question, but um, I was just wondering, uh, like with some of like your ingredients when you were first getting started, how you manage that as you scaled? Because we're just getting started launching um, a dairy-free superfood creamer and we're trying to work with suppliers, but naturally, because we're just getting started, we're not hitting high enough MOQs. So we're kind of like getting our ingredients from a few different sources. Like some are from suppliers, some we're just getting like straight up from bulk barn just to kind of help us get these first batches together. And I'm just wondering if you had any of these experiences or these pains when you were first starting and maybe how you approached that. Yeah, I mean, I think talking about diversifying your your supply chain, diversifying every aspect of your business, right? Having multiple revenue streams coming into your company, not relying on direct to consumer or Facebook or um, or you know Costco or whatever it is, like it, you know, always having options out there. So it sounds like you're doing that, right? You might not want to be doing that, but it actually is the smartest thing not to put all your eggs in one basket for sure. Um, but I also feel like, uh, you know, we were a little bit of an anomaly because I wanted to create um, flavors that were using real fruit. And so when I, you know, this is 16 years ago, when I was looking at the flavor houses that were out there, um, and, you know, maybe they're a little better today, but they just had a lot of stuff in them. And so I wanted to create something that I was, you know, that I had made in my kitchen and it just wasn't out there. And so, you know, we just, we ended up finding essentially a, a third party that could create, we own, you know, our flavors and, um, and we, they're proprietary and, and so nobody's using what we're doing so ultimately we ended up going that route 
Um, so, you know, we weren't really running into kind of those issues as much, but I, I would say that um, there's different, you know, kitchens that we're using in order to make that product because in case one thing happens i mean certainly we we sort of apply that same thinking to every aspect of our business um so even though it might seem hard at points for using different um suppliers i think that it really is the best thing that you can do and always actually i was sharing the story with an entrepreneur that i was talking to the other day because he was kind of sharing the same thing that he couldn't get enough line time at one facility. And I said that, you know, during this, during this time, it, it may be worth just trying to line up even smaller ones, a lot of smaller ones and figuring out even when you don't need them, how you keep them happy. Right. I mean, we've had supplier relationships where easily we, we don't necessarily need to have those suppliers, but we, Um, but we want to make sure that we have enough uh, suppliers out there for when we need it, if that makes sense. And so I think that always being being able to have lots of different options, I think, are are really so key. And I talk a lot about this in the book, too. And I'm just... I'll just pile on there. I think Kara has it right with the uh, with the optionality. And and Lauren, when you're starting out, um, you know, if... uh, if you can, if you could find other uh, younger entrepreneurs like you that are using similar ingredients but are in non-competitive categories, um, then you may be able to network with them and and either group buy or at least uh, maybe they're open to sharing some of their um, some of their suppliers that that uh, that could offer smaller MLQs. Um, it's probably a good Absolutely. way to uh, good way to network with them. Yeah, awesome, great advice from both of you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Kara, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time. Uh, now that you're very busy and uh, doing a a book tour, we talked about it earlier. But for everyone else's benefit, I wish I could say um, how much I enjoyed Undaunted. But uh, I've ordered it and it's in the mail on the way to me. But I would uh, I've seen the reviews um, and uh, and, I, and I believe it's a good uh, it's a good a good buy, a good grab. So um, I'd give that plug uh, for anyone so they know that uh, that they're clear that. Um, that you have that available and, uh, and also, uh, if they're not that, um, that they're, um, following you and, and, uh, uh, on, on LinkedIn or one of the other platforms to, uh, to hear some of your messaging and you're, you're sharing some, some good stuff there. So, um, thank you very yeah. much for, for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely, uh, you know, reach out if, if, uh, you guys have had any more questions and follow what I'm doing on some of those other platforms too. And, and definitely hope to hear from you guys. So I'll, uh, unless you got anything else, Kara, I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that and, uh, and wish you and everyone else a good evening. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for joining in everyone. And for the great questions. Thank you for listening to the founder to mentor podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out the links and resources in the show notes. You can help the show, please, by subscribing and leaving a positive review. As always, feel free to get in touch with me on social at Mike Fada. That's it for now. See you next time.